Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Jingle balls to the wall, gentlemen. Listen up. It's time to gear up and give yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why not do the same below? The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped Boxer Briefs and the Crop Reviver Toner, which will keep your junk feeling fresh. Give yourself the gift of below-the-belt grooming this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code BIGHEADS for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Clean up below the belt this holiday season and make Santa proud by going to manscaped.com today. Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Serie A show. As always, I am joined by Chloe and Nima. And th- this is a very interesting 48 hours, 72 hours in the Serie A. Obviously, there were some good matches at the weekend. Um, so I'm not quite sure where to start. But uh, thank you to Massimo Cellino, the president of Brescia, who... <laughs> goes out of his way to uh, make himself the talking point uh, beyond all the interesting matches and results, uh, as I said, that we had at the weekend. Uh, less than a day after his side were pummeled, 3-0 to zero by Roma. Probably could have been 5 or 6-0. to zero. Um, They were thoroughly manhandled. Um, Cellino was asked about the situation invo- uh, involving Mario Barotelli, he was held out of Brescia's squad for the match against Roma because he got into a bit of a role with manager Fabio Grosso. And Cellino, um, I-, I can't really make sense of where he was going with this, but he was asked about the situation with Balotelli, and he says, what can I say? The guy's black. Well, the thing is, like, basically, there are several ways of interpreting this. Um, because the, the, the expression, some people say that, he, you know, when he said he, Louis and uh, Nero, he's black, they're referring to that he's black, Nero di rabbia, which means, which is an Italian expression that says you're, you're really angry, when you're black of anger, you know what I mean? So, so, so that, that's not racist, that's just an expression of purple of envy, green of envy, do you know what I mean? Like stuff like right, that. Right, so so yeah so context is important yeah so context is important you can you can interpret the way he he said that in a couple of ways now um you would think where we are in the climate in 2019 he could have found a better descriptor instead of nero um because again as nima just alluded to you can use that as 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 describing a mood you're feeling you're feeling down you're you're feeling disheartened um but obviously nero obviously is primarily used to um describe but not only that the, the, it goes worse when he says deve schierarsi. yeah cor- <laughs> correct so <laughs> he, needs, he needs to clean himself yes. or clear himself but when you when you talk about schierarsi di emozioni uh, that you know that means that 
you know, you have to clear yourself of your emotions and, and need to calm down. So it's just basically a complete unnecessary, like there was no need to use those words. And, you know, Cellino is a very intelligent person. He knows exactly what he's doing. He, he's saying those things because he, he likes to play with words. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost as if he said it tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's just unnecessary and there's no need to say it. And it's, it's like, I mean, as you said, context is important. There is, the, you know, the, some things are lost in translation. You can't translate it. It's just incredibly unnecessary. But, uh, and that's pretty much what, what Brescia put out, saying that there was a paradox, uh, that, that, you know, there's a, there's, it's been a misunderstanding. He was just using a, a paradox, uh, using words that have paradoxical meanings and blah, 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 blah. And it's just another day in the Serie A. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, there were, <laughs> I, I, I'm, it's hard to even describe this because it's uh, like, uh, I mean, how could one possibly be so stupid? Now, again, <laughs> when you take the, you know, the phraseology as a whole, it, it seems like he is trying to make a play on words, but yeah. still. When, when but it's you, stupid. It's still stupid. Like he's doing it because he knows that Balotelli's black and he's saying, look at me, I'm, I'm using an expression referring to blackness. And, and and using it about a player that's African. Look at me, I'm so smart. No, you're an idiot. That, 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 there's no there's no need for that. There is absolutely no need for doing that. Why would you even go there? Why would you even say that word in in reference? However you meant it, in reference to Mario Balotelli, where things are already in flames. Things yeah. are you know he carries controversy um, anyway because you know he's he's you know he's just that character who. Um, who struggles to hold down his his place in the team, and you know we all know the struggles that he's had. So why would you use that word and inflame the situation even more, even if you didn't mean it that way? It's just astonishing. So Chilino, um, hats off. You're you're having everybody talk about you right off uh, the top of all the news in regards to Syria. So I mean, it's... especially after what happened in Verona as well. I mean, with the monkey chance, it's just and and also the the Brescia ultras who have a history of being racially, you know, having racist problems. I mean, it's it's just you know what do you, you know there's you know either he's incredibly stupid uh, and it just was a brain fart or or which is just which is bad enough just don't go there there's no need for this 100% well then let's start there we we could talk about Brescia but bottom of the table they look disastrous uh, Grosso has his work cut out for him because they 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 are devoid of quality in every single facet of the pitch um, except for Tonali, and surely you can't put that pressure on him to carry the entire team. Donnarumma and attack look lifeless. Obviously, they're missing Balotelli, so it's it's really hard to see them getting out of this situation because, again, I, I just think they lack quality in every single area of the pitch. But let's go to Verona because, Chloe, uh, I know you will not be happy. Verona, <laughs> they beat your Fiorentina 1-0. We, we, we have said it the previous episodes, but Verona have n- are not being talked about enough. Their defense is incredible. I think we all pegged them to make the drop this season because we just couldn't see where they were going to get the goals from. But in defense, they are so, so good. They get another clean sheet. And then after the match, really off-the-cuff uh, interview by Daniele Prade, the sporting di- di- director of Fiorentina. That was really weird. Probably think he regrets doing that immediately after. Yeah. Um, in terms of the match, it, I have to say, I 
I pretty much predicted that Fiorentina would struggle in that way because um, the three-five-two has not has not been working at all. Um, the, it's not given them uh, enough men going forward. You've you've always got that extra defender and they're just not creating enough they're just it's just not working it was great um against Juve when they got that nil-nil draw but um Montello's constantly talked about yeah if we need to change it we'll change it and he had the perfect opportunity with the international break yet he didn't change anything and he and he's he's still you know despite the fact they lost three um five two to Cagliari uh, before the break he comes out Okay, he's missing um, his two key midfielders in Pulgar and Castrovilli, but he comes out and does exactly the same thing. And you just knew that because the way that Verona are playing, that they're very well organised and very good defensively, that they were going to struggle to score. And that's what happened. And, you know, we all know with these teams um, like Verona, they they can nick a goal from anywhere and then hold it tight the rest of the game. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, and full credit to them. They were they were excellent. But, you know, Montella needed to react. And, and everybody knows on this show that I'm a big fan of Montella. I loved him the first time round at Fiorentina. But I'm sorry, it's not looking like he can turn this around. Spot on, Chloe. It, it really is looking like Fiorentina may have to ultimately make a change, and we will have to sit tight and see if that eventually happens. Moving to another match, though, that was neither exhilarating nor exciting. Milan-Napoli. Th- that felt like a death march between two teams who are in a negative trajectory down. Now, in fairness, I do think there were some some positives that Milan could take from this. Um, one of which being, is it any more apparent that Benesera should be a pivotal piece to this project because I felt like he was so critically needed for Milan. I think this just highlighted his importance. Piontek, again, not a good display. What did you guys make of this? And then on the other side, you had Napoli, who I, I guess they would be okay with a point away from home. But again, it wasn't really a convincing display. But that's the thing with Bert. I think this was a microcosm of what has been Napoli's problems this season. They had so many chances, but they cannot, they seem unable to convert. Um, and, and, and when you, you know, the Serie A and football generally, when you, when you miss so many chances, the other team will score one. Uh, you know, Milan, all, with all their problems, all joking aside, they have a quality, they have good players that can score a goal, they can create something like Bonaventura did, and that was, a, that was an absolutely beautiful goal. So I'm not surprised that that, that happened. Um, for me, Napoli is just, they seem completely unable to bury the games that you need, the cynicism that top teams need to win all three points um, and, and, and to put games to bed. They just lack that and they get hurt and they get punished over and over and over again. Uh, so, so for me, this is just, a, this is just another day. Of, this is just a continuation of everything we've seen so far this season. Yeah, I agreed really. I think that... Um, if you, I think if, if I were a Milan fan, I'd be looking at the number of draws that Piola got in his last six months, say, with Fiorentina. He couldn't do anything other than draw. Um, and I feel like that's happening with Milan. Um, it's it's as though it's like he's, he's not bad enough to lose. He's got some good qualities, but he's not quite got that killer edge to win either. It's... 
I feel like Milan are going down the same route. And obviously, if you draw every game, you're going to go down, aren't you? Pretty much. So it's it it's not it's not good news when okay, you're unbeaten and you don't lose, but you're not winning either. It's one point instead of three is quite a big jump. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think there's maybe a bit of a concern there. Although Milan are probably improved from before, certainly as they were under Gianpaolo. Um, Napoli, I think it's just another symptom of, um, you know, all this crisis that's been going on. I, I, I spoke to a Liverpool podcast earlier today and they asked me what, I, you know, did they think Napoli were just going through a blip? And I said, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be easy at all for them to get out of this this funk that they're in so yeah we're going to talk about Lazio again this is two podcasts in a row that we will be discussing Lazio who win at the death against Sassuolo uh Nima it it looked like they were only going to take a point and then at the very 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 end they get a goal and they maintain their place in third in a Champions League position yeah uh Lazio I'm so glad you you say you brought that up because I was thinking about that when I was watching the game against Sassuolo and um, and what we spoke about last week on this pod uh, about, you know, and I said, you know, this game can go either way because both, you know, these teams are so inconsistent. And, and I guess you could say that, but it, it, it still still when it comes to uh, based on that performance. But one thing is, is very clear, and that is that Lazio's attacking and, and the scammy, the, the tactical way in which they approach games in terms of their offense and their attack is... Is, is changed and it's looking really really interesting. I I'm I'm really 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 becoming a fan of the this the, the attacking foursome they have up there with uh, Correa Immobile, but above all Luis Alberto, who I think is turning into a classical number ten at Lazio. Uh, this kind of trequartista that builds play, that creates play, and you know without and, and with the risk of John killing me the way the, the way that Totti once was. No, no other you know uh, comparisons between them, but that kind of number ten, um, the, the 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 fantasista, the the Casano kind of number ten, the the Baggio kind of number ten, um, and and that 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 is really interesting to see him deliver that at Lazio. Um, and, and doing really, really well uh, with, with Milinkovic-Savic, you know, not, not playing in that role as much anymore. He's, he, 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 um, he, 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 he kind of fills in with, with attack and runs from deep now instead. And now it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see uh, how they attack, but they still, they're a little bit shaky at the back, but it doesn't really matter if they score one more goal than the opponents. And they're starting to look really, really stable like they did last season when they, when they kept uh, winning games uh, and, and just refused to lose. And they're on the quite, quite a run now. Uh, so this Lazio team, you know, given the, the troubles that Napoli are having, uh, and you know it's 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 they're really really throwing their name in the hat there, uh, and and Chiro Immobile scoring again, so we have to you know respect Chiro, gotta respect Chiro. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think over the coming few weeks, I think this is when we will get a much better idea 
as to who exactly this Lazio side are. So in the Europa League, they currently sit third in the table on three points. It doesn't look like they're going to advance over the likes of Kluge and Celtic uh, and Rennes from France. But also, their league schedule is very interesting. So their next one is against Udinese. Then they face Juve. Then they face Cagliari. Then they have Brescia, Verona, Napoli, and Sampdoria. So it's an interesting run of fixtures. And then after Sampdoria, they faced Roma. So this next month and a half or so for them, I think is when we will learn a lot about them, if they can maintain. Because what were the questions that we had about them earlier in the season? We didn't know what to expect from them. We didn't know what type of performance they were going to put in. They were very up and down. They lacked the balance. So, Chloe, given what we've seen from them, they're on quite a run here, as Nima just alluded to. Are are, Are you more confident that they could potentially qualify for a Champions League place? Or do you think Roma, Napoli, perhaps Atalanta, they could recover form a bit? Yeah, I think um, it is looking more likely. I I think that obviously other teams are... I think think Roma will, but Atalanta are are not quite... They're in a bit of a negative run at the moment. Um, So obviously Lazio are the team that are, are putting the run together. So... At the moment, it is looking like that. But what I would want to wait and see is um, how they react to adversity. If they if they uh, lose a, a game or lose a couple of games in a row, how, how they can bounce back from that. Because um, I know um, a few people are saying that they've put this run together and the, the criticism of being inconsistent is a little bit unfair, but... I want to see the proof first. I want to see the proof that they, they have overcome this because they have, I know they look really, really good, but I'm just a little bit cautious because they have put good runs together before. Obviously, maybe not this good, but they. I still think they've potentially got it in them to to go on a bit of a, a negative run if, if things go against them. Nima, do you think dropping out of the Europa League, though, is in their best interest? Because if, the, if, if Champions League qualification is their objective... Um, I really don't see how you would have many complaints about falling out of the Europa League, particularly at the group stage. Absolutely, I think it's it's a really good thing for them. Um, I think um, you know they it's clear that they know that they don't have what it takes to win the Europa League, um, and uh, therefore you know punt it. You know, like we've said before, that some teams sometimes punt it, and because Lazio are a top team in the city, uh, they've proven that that they are a stable top team, top five, top six team. Uh, season after season, and uh, now they have a real shot at it. Uh, and so, you know, dropping out of the Europa League, you know, they they have, you know, now they can focus fully on the Serie A. They've got the outing to the um, uh, to the to Saudi Arabia to play the Supercoppa uh, against Juventus. Uh, so, so I mean, they can only focus on those two things. And and the Coppa Italia, they're defending champions. So I don't expect them to do. You know that much. Uh, you know, given that they've won it already, I think the focus is on the Serie A. So no, I I, I expect them to fully to, to to fully be 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 challenging for this together with Roma, Atalanta, and Cagliari, who right now are two 0 up after Rajan Angolan again scored a goal and Robin Olsen again has made some amazing saves. So Cagliari Cagliari is is is, is looking really really good. Well, yeah, and, and they, they too, they don't have a European competition to worry about. Um, so let's get to the good stuff, the controversy. Uh, Juve <laughs> 3, Atalanta 1. 
Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Everybody's talking about this Cuadrado handball. I get it. I understand. It was so interesting to me, the dynamics of this, because Juve win 3-1, to one, but you could easily make the case that Atalanta were the better side for 70 to 75 minutes. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely, they were. But but you but Juve won, and that's the issue. And and I don't think they won because of the refereeing helping them. Of course, the refereeing errors. I mean, if you look at them, I mean, I I always look. I I always for me, Luca Marelli is 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 the best, is the is the is the authority on this issue. But for the first time, I honestly didn't agree with him uh, with regards to the Quadrado issue because he thought that it should, you know it was a handball and therefore that Quadrado is looking to to you know he's doing it intentionally. But I think when you look at the when you look at the um, when you look at the replay, uh, it, it's you know the new rules say that when you go into a sliding challenge, you're allowed to use your arm as you know as a way to balance yourself. Now, to me, it looks like Cuadrado's putting his arm down to 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 balance himself. But e- but either way, e- even if you know even if you if you were to say that we, which which the referee did that that's not a uh, that's not a handball offense, it's a different situation. To when when the ball you know when that when Juve counter and score the goal, so I don't think that's even reviewable by VAR. However, how how Higuain's goal was not uh, disallowed for him kicking, missing the ball and kicking the the Atalanta defender in in, in the shins so that he flies. That to me is is just it's it just mind boggling how you clearly see that on the on the on the uh, on the replay. That you know, Higuain wants to hit the ball. He misses it. He kicks him right in the shin, and uh, and then he and then the ball ricochets, and then he kicks it again, and then it, it it bounces off someone into the goal. That goal should have been disallowed. That to me is a, is, is is a no brainer. But but so, so sure, there's a lot of controversy in that. But but let's you know remember, it's not Juventus' fault that Clyde Barrow hits the crossbar when he has a penalty. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you know. I, I think it's just we we got to be a little bit careful when we say these things. Sure, there were there were errors, but Atalanta were given a penalty which they missed, uh, and and uh, Juve Juve didn't miss when they had their chances. And that's the difference. Yeah, I think that's always the difference with Juve, isn't it? That. Um that they take their chances and they, they, you know, they very rarely, um, they very rarely miss these chances when they're given them. So um, I think it was the kind of game that we've seen a lot of this season where there are little errors um, from the referees, from, you know, how they interpret VAR and everything that we've talked about countless times on this podcast. And I think the fact that it is Juventus um, makes it, you know, makes everybody go crazy over it, and and that that is the price they pay for being so successful. Um, that it's always going to happen to the most successful team, but it, in my view, it wasn't anything to really go massively over the top about. Most most teams have suffered from these kind of errors um, over the course of the season, and I don't think it's a, a particularly huge injustice on this occasion. And, and but I mean, let's be honest. The, 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 yes, the the calls went against Atalanta. We're not saying that they didn't. But I, I'm no. just saying that no. And I just wanted to make that clear before you and I get um, lynched, mobbed on Twitter as being uh, I don't know what mouthpieces for you or whatever nonsense they can think of. But no, I mean, I, what I'm saying is simply that not every refereeing mistake is a is a is a conspiracy. This no. is no. 
This isn't the Moji era. This isn't 2006. What happened then, you know, has been litigated in court and it's been proven what happened. That was then. So obviously I can understand the, you know, people's people reacting a little bit, you know, there's a saying in Swedish that says that a burnt child is a, you know, a child that has burnt himself once is afraid of fire for the rest of his life. So, you know, so, so of course, given the Calciopoli and all the nonsense there, you're going to have people react in this way uh, and, and automatically be an overreaction. But, but let's not, let, let's not, let's not overreact. Uh, I think there were, there were calls both, you know, that, that, that weren't given in favor of Atalanta, which the VAR should have interfered, but I don't blame the, the, the video assistant referee for that. I blame the framework and this ridiculous notion that we've spoken about before with, clear and obvious error which leaves room to interpretation uh you know remove all of that there are ways around this but this is not in the lega culture's hands this is ifab the 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 referees association that interprets the rule for fifa they're the ones who implement these things the changes have to come there um elsewhere we had bologna parma draw 2-2 again we had roma beat brescia 3-0 we had sampdoria please can we talk about the jan kulusevski please please (laughs) well in in a moment um because hang on sampdoria beat Udinese 2-1, Samp uh, under Ranieri, they are slowly crawling their way from the bottom. Um, I, I want to talk about, though, before we go, Inter, they went 3-0 against Torino, Mazzari, he's all over the map now. Um, I don't want to talk about, though, the match. Uh, Antonio Conte, Nima, I, I have to get your take on his... Um, <laughs> his uh, he's not well. He's not well. <laughs> for those I of you say. who missed it, I, I I will try to be both mature yet sensitive uh, in the way I phrase this. But Antonio Conte gave his players a um, sexual advice. A, oh he gave God. them some some very kind um, instruction on how to engage in uh, in sexual intercourse. I feel sorry for Mr. Conte. That's all yeah, I know. Well, I that was my first thought, too. I mean, Jesus, how, how cringeworthy. Oh, um, yeah. But, Nima, what? I, I, he, uh... <laughs> no, this is, you know, he, I, I've, I've said it, that he is crazy. He is clearly insane. And I don't know why you would say such a thing. I don't know why you would even, I mean, if, you know, when, when L'Equipe made the, you know, this was an interview with the French uh, newspaper, L'Equipe, who asked him about, you know, because this is something that coaches have spoken about. A lot of people have spoken about about sex before an important game because it's you know it's a it's a physical activity, and some coaches say no, I prefer they don't do that, and you know the you know the, that it's part of you know whatever. And there, there are debates both sides of it. You can have a mature debate about it, but what you but <laughs> Antonio Conte decided to reveal a little bit too much information, <laughs> saying that he a little. <laughs> Saying that he he doesn't mind them doing that, or he he prefers that if, if that they don't have sex, but if they have to do it, they pre- he would prefer, prefer it be with with their wife. Yes, Let, let's be clear prefer, there. Yeah he, yeah, he prefers them not to cheat on their spouses. <laughs> okay, thanks for thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, and he prefers it, it it be with their spouses because then at least they'd be allowed to have the sex. Is the full quote. Uh, and he'd prefer them to lie, to be not on top, to be on uh, at the on the bottom, so that they don't um, spend a, a lot of energy. Uh, I don't mm. really. There's a lot of unpacking to do there, and I feel that, that that's something that that Mr. and Mrs. Conte need to share with their 
with their with their therapist because um, it it seems they have issues. I, I honestly don't know what to say. That that's the most bizarre and insane thing he said so far, and he said a lot of insane and crazy shit. Pardon my French. So far uh, in his career as a coach, I, I I honestly don't know what to make of it. I don't know what he wants to say with that. Um, but I, I can, what I can all but all I can say is that I don't think that uh, Barella Barella's injury is down to him having sex. Okay, I was just about to ask. It, I mean, clearly, I mean the timing was so apropos that. I was going to draw some sort of cl- conclusion. Maybe Barella before the match was not having his wife on top. I, I mean, I don't know. Clear, <laughs> clearly, this is clearly this has been sticking in Antonio Conte's craw for some time because he he clearly had to get it off his chest. Yes, he he, he felt he needed to talk about that, and uh, he, I think maybe Doctor Phil should fly into Milan and have a chat with Mister and Mrs. Conte so they can have it in a more you know more private and environment without bastooning out to the world whether or not people should preferably have sex with their spouses and the sexual positions they should use they should do that they should engage in these activities in uh, i i don't know what he is on uh, I, I the man is off his rocker we know that it's just that when things go well it's a little bit charming when things don't go well it, it's just it's weird and creepy and and right now things are going well so i guess we'll just have to turn the blind eye uh, I just got a lot of in- mental images when he said that that I will ha- well, that I will require therapy, years of therapy to get out <laughs> of my head. But but that's that's another discussion. Um, I just couldn't imagine being in the changing room and your manager just starts talking about this. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't you just I, basically tell him to get on his bike if you were if you were <laughs> if you escaped? <laughs> I was going to um, say, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> they would, you know, I can't imagine that they would welcome such interference into their personal lives. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Just... these are grown men. Um... You know, this is what this is why this is why I'm this this is why I'm happy that Rajanayan Golan is not there because I think Rajanayan Golan is one of those guys that would that would tell, would tell him to go to go stick it up his beep beep if he if he were to tell him something. I like definitely that. don't want you to do that. Well, sure. hang on, as um, I, I won't here. Well, let, let me. I, if there's rules that are being broken in the regard that Conte brought up, um, I can assure you. Rajan Angolan is breaking every single one of them. <laughs> oh, for sure. Just by the virtue of being Rajan Angolan. <laughs> like, the man is, I mean, I never forget, I think it was last season when, when, when <laughs> he was injured, because that's basically all he was last season. And, and, and this girl walked by him, and the cameras were on him, and he pushes, he pushes the guy next to him checking out the girl with a massive grin on his face <laughs> like it's just, the, the guy is the guy he's he's the ninja like that that's what he does and okay um i'm trying to find a proper transition to sign off here because there really isn't one when we're talking about this because it <laughs> no is... but listen we gotta we gotta talk about roma as well i i, I really like that game uh against uh, mancini and smalling are becoming my favorite central pairing like in the Serie A because they, they, you know, Mancini, I mean, what a central defender he's turning into. We saw, you know, that, that move to the midfield was just exactly what his career at Roma needed. Now he's relaxed and now he's just turning into like this Italian super defender. Uh, he's such an intelligent player. I knew, he, you know, we knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good with the ball. 
and and he reads the game so well. And 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 congratulations, Roma. I mean, just think of when Spinazzola and Zapacosta are fully recovered. That is such an interesting central defense back four. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, he marked his return. Uh, his first half wasn't that great. If anybody saw the corner kicks he was taking, they were criminal. Um, but it did much better in the second half. Diawara, I, I, listen, I talk about him a lot. I know I sort of have a bit of a man crush on him, and you I've me, made it known. Just um, Again, oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, well, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, John. All that matters is who's on top. As long as he's not on top, you'll be oh, fine. jeez. Okay. 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 Well, anyway. But... I'm. Are you guys watching Cagliari Lecce? I'm sorry. This is live. I know I'm saying it, but Robin Olsen and Lapadula just got into a fist fight. <laughs> mm. Okay. It was this. So just just saying it. You need to. This is this is interesting. Uh, Cagliari got a penalty after uh, a player did a Luis Suarez in the World Cup 2010 when he handled on the goal line. Uh, it's a penalty. Lapadula scores. And then Robin Olsen and Lapadula start punching each other. Brilliant. Drama. Brilliant. Well, Lapadula is doing something that I think every Roma supporter wanted to do last <laughs> season. So I, I don't think you'll find many having much sympathy for him. And then Lapadula goes up on him. He heads, but he punches. Oh, <laughs> And then oh they both okay, so th- this is terrible podcasting, but um, so yeah, Lapadula scores a penalty. Olsen gets the ball, he punts it. Lapadula wants to get the ball back, get it back to the center circle because uh, Lecce are down by a goal. Um, and then Olsen and Lapadula they come chest to chest. Olsen throws a little bit of a fist, um, but somehow they both go down at the same time. So this is sensational stuff. I wonder if Olsen is going to get sent off here. For um, sure he is because Lapadula is bleeding from the eyebrow due to the punch he got from Olsen. <laughs> well, it is worth noting, before we go, it is worth noting, and I, I'm going to continue to brag about this because I said Cagliari this season would be um, fighting for a European place. I'm, I'm, I expected them to be good, okay? I, 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 I thought they would be at least in the top seven or eight. Um, I did not expect them to be this good, though, because when they lost Cranio, I thought, okay, well, they're going to be in big trouble. Olsen has done so good. Um, yeah, he's been great in this The game. defense, uh, Klavan, Pisacane, yeah. th- neither of them convinced me, so I thought they would struggle at the back without question. But here we are. They said so. They're going well. We think we think they're up. They're currently up two to one with about ten minutes remaining. Um, I well probably more than that with the injury time. But we think at this point that they are going to win and maintain their fourth position in the table. How shocking are are they? I mean, are they are they this season's version of Atalanta? I mean, Chloe, do you do you think that they could? pull it off I, they, they don't have a european competition to worry about which i think is a huge advantage over everybody else it is it is i they, they're looking more and more like they can and you know with teams like napoli dropping points all over the place and they're, they're widening the gap with every match and you know even if they have a dip in form it makes you think that by that time the gap might be too big for the teams to to catch up because they, they're really putting a run together and they, they I can't see uh, unless maybe squad depth um, that 
you know, they're just playing with so much confidence. I can't see that dropping anytime soon. I'm sorry, but I'm. It just looked like Robin Olsen bit, as in took a bite in the face of Lapadula, and that's why he was bleeding. Speaking oh of Suarez, God. yeah, no, it, it it just looked really weird. Um, yeah, no, um, uh, what a game! Who said who said Calcio games are boring? There's so much drama here. They both got sent off as well. No, I I think um, no, I think for the top four, as I said, I. I honestly think that it's going to be Roma, Lazio, Atalanta, uh, Cagliari. Um, it's it's uh, I, I obviously you know you, there is there is a chance for Napoli, but they have to start winning now, uh, and it doesn't look like they are. It really doesn't look like they they'll be able to. And like you said, Chloe, soon there'll be more. You know, there'll be so many points that you wonder can they make it up? I think seven points is 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 doable, but uh, you know that's that's borderline. All right, well, I, I'm going to sign off because we had a little bit of everything. Um, <laughs> it, it's never a dull moment. That's the, the, the brilliant thing about covering the City A is we it's have so boring. much <laughs> crazy stuff to talk about on a weekly basis that whether it's idiot presidents, it, it's the matches themselves, the referees, a player, the players, the, referees, the fans, whether it's a player uh, biting another player in the face, like we see here with Cagliari and Lecce, there is never a dull moment. So thank you, as always, for joining us. I, I hope, I just hope, that this weekend brings as much as it did this past weekend because this is sensational. I, I could talk about this for hours. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening, and we will talk to you later in the week in our preview show. So until then, bye-bye.